Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. Appreciate you tuning in, as always. And I have another wonderful episode lined up for you this week. I and my co-host Gretchen Hilmers spoke with Maggie Evans. Now, if you don't know Maggie Evans' work, I really encourage you to go over to MaggieEvansArts.com and check out her pieces and her music as well. She's a musician as well. I am absolutely in love with her paintings, her installations, her photographs. They're these incredibly stark, very intensely, I think, kind of lonely or secluded, you might say, images of interiors. And it's really hard to exactly explain, but they're sort of foggy and moody. And I think that they're very sort of in line with the times, the COVID times, the isolation times, but they weren't started while we had COVID on. So there is sort of two different meanings for her work, the way that it means now because of everything that's going on with COVID and the way that she originally intended it. And so we got a great chance to talk all about that, about her process, about how she got going on this series, sort of the evolution of it over time, and some of her feelings about the Savannah local art scene as well, which was really interesting. So can't wait to share that one with you. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my corresponding Art Off the Air column, as well as all of the writing that I do for the Savannah Morning News at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section for my Sunday column. Last week for Art Off the Air, I had the chance to speak with Karen Bradley, and that was a really great interview talking about her and her portrait artists and her a la prima style that she's been into lately. And then I also did a piece for the Sunday paper, which should be out now in the lifestyle section about Philip Davis and Zay Hutchins and their partnership and how they've worked together to sort of build each other up and the black art community here in Savannah over the last several years. So that was a really great interview, great chance to talk with those two and write about them as well. So check those out. But let's get into this week's interview. Again, this is Maggie Evans talking by Zoom about her process, her background, and her haunting paintings. Enjoy. What's a difference a day me? There's a rainbow before me. Rob Hessler and Gretchen Hilmers here with Art on the Air Field Notes. We are speaking by Zoom with Maggie Evans, visual artist and musician. We're going to be mostly talking about her visual arts today. Before we kind of get into everything and all the background and everything that you've been up to, Maggie, let's talk about a show you just had open up in Hilton Head. Give us the details about that for our listening audience. What's going on with this show? So um, this show is a collection of oil paintings that um, I painted in the last year. So they're all brand new. And um, it's located at Jay Costello Gallery um, in Hilton Head, which is within the Redfish Restaurant building. Um, It's on Archer Road, if if you want to look it up. And the show will be up through at least the end of uh, September Um, But there's about 12 to 15 paintings, all different sizes. And um, 
like I said, I was painting them all in the past year. And when I stood back and looked at the collection, I realized they were all um, contained within spaces in rooms. And so some mm. of them chairs and they're very kind of tantric um, spaces, but they felt kind of transitional to me, like uh, just a chance to take a little pause and kind of reflect before moving forward into the world. And I think that's something everyone can kind of relate to in the last year. So I called the show Intermission, just kind of a chance to reflect and recalibrate. Well, it's interesting because I think your work, it, it speaks to me in this time. You know, just to kind of describe for those people who out there maybe don't know Maggie's work, you're often using sort of empty spaces, you know, no people, repetition of like chairs and things like that. Very sort of soft, almost like foggy or misty sort of feel about them. And from your artist statement here, I want to read this one sentence. It says, in my work, I use repetitive uniform imagery to examine the personal yet universal struggle between the search for individuality and the need to belong. And I think that that feeling is, and that kind of quest that we're always on all the time is so disrupted right now because of COVID and it's reemerging. I think it's kind of breaking people's spirits, my own included, um, with a sort of revival of COVID again. This new show is about this works that you've created in the last year, but you've been working on this for many, many years. I almost feel like maybe you were looking into the future or something like that. I wonder how it feels to you now, given the context of our current world, like, cause to me, it feels really relevant to right now. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you're right. I I've been working um, with these, with this imagery and, just thinking about the contrast between solitude and, you know, functioning in groups and, and socializing um, and the hierarchies we build and all of that. I've been really fascinated with that from more of like a collective human psychology perspective for a long time. And when, you know, the quarantine hit and COVID, you know, confined us all to our own spaces, I had already painted a lot of rooms with solitary chairs in them. Mm -hmm. And it really struck me like, yeah, it was, it, it was a little unnerving. <laughs> Honestly, it was like, wow. Like maybe it's almost like, I think as artists, you're constantly responding to the world. Mm -hmm. and I don't think I'm the only one that even pre COVID feels like we have fabricated this world that is, just really difficult to understand and can feel really fabricated um, and unnatural in a lot of ways. And the cities that we build have become these, you know, like structures that bring us really far um, from kind of really elemental human things in a lot of ways. So I always find the cities and the structures we built to be just super interesting because they feel so unnatural, but also very human in the way that, that we've constructed them. Um, but yeah, it was just sort of weird to have the world so starkly contrast to those con constructs that we've created. And, and uh, yeah, it felt, it felt a little too relevant. It made my work a little too relevant. Well, you know, it's so interesting because I think that pre-COVID, and I'll just sort of share my own personal experience here, but pre-COVID, I felt like, it was easy to spend a lot more time on 
being with other people and experiencing things collectively and being all in a group and doing all of that. And there wasn't as much personal, individual, alone time, like solitude, which I think that your paintings really were kind of talking about like, hey, we can, this is, you know, an important part of who we are and here's sort of this contrast and like, there's all that. And so, you know, I'll admit that when we first had a quarantine and it just looked like it was going to be a couple of weeks or like a month or whatever, it was like, ah, an opportunity to not have to be always social and do all this and to actually spend some time in reflection. In fact, I was like doing a lot of meditating and like, you know, I didn't have all these plans and I was able to kind of like be out there. And then it kind of like went way too far in that direction. And now we're a year and a half later. And, um, and we had that brief period where everything seemed like it was about to get back to normal. And then of course we, we, you know, uh, it's almost way worse that that ever even happened now because kind of gave us a little touch of, normalcy but it's like it almost went in that other direction so <laughs> i almost feel like before when i when i would think of it thinking about your paintings like in context of time like i almost feel like before it was like a here we are we need to experience solitude and now it's like here we are we're forced into perpetual solitude and like there's kind of that's kind of an interesting thing though just the the way that your paintings might be looked at depending on the context of where we are in a society and they're so dynamically different viewpoints from the before times than the now times, you know, so interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really, a really nice point that you drew between like, you know, needing the solitude and then all of a sudden being so confronted with so much solitude. Yeah. That's, that's one reason I like to keep all of the imagery really neutral in my pieces as well. Like the chairs, are very uniform mm -hmm. uh, buildings. Everything is very neutral. The rooms have like zero clues as to where they are or what they are. You know, they're just as neutral of rooms as possible. But I think that allows the work to change uh, with your own experiences. And even for myself, you know, as I paint them, I might be thinking one thing and then you come back a year later and they have a different meaning. So. Well, it's interesting. You, you, you were talking about your paintings because that's the show that you're having right now, but you've also used that same technique with your installation work and your photography work. I was looking at an article that was written or a piece uh, that was written about uh, an exhibition that you had up in Washington, DC, the human hierarchies exhibit. And it's in a gallery flashpoint gallery, but the great thing about a gallery a traditional gallery is like it's four blank white walls. It's like specifically meant to not really have any meaning beyond what the work is that's within. So it totally like fits within a gallery context too, because galleries are meaningless until the art is within them. And so you like, you add this installation and the photographs of the installation look like, where is this place? Who knows what's going on? They look like your paintings. They look like your photographs. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the fun of like having the chairs to set up in an installation. Um, so they, and what the installation is comprised of is these um, identical chairs. There's around 300 of them and they're about seven inches tall. Um, just, I can't, I hand cast them out of plastic and then painted each one. So it took like a year and a half to make them all. Um, but then I can arrange them in, you know, different spaces. And then when I start photographing them and finding compositions. You can just create so many different narratives and give 
more importance to some chairs or, you know, look at the whole group. Um, and that piece came from, we, we might get more into this later, but I guess we're, we're headed there, but I mm -hmm. um, had the opportunity to do an artist residency in uh, China, in Hangzhou, China. And so I was there for a year and that I think gave me such a perspective on how, on observing how humans move in groups um, and as societies. And I was such a, I had such a detached perspective, you know, I felt like I was living and moving in this society, but I was not a part of it. And it was, sure. a, it was a very interesting perspective. And that's when I started thinking more about like humans moving as a mass and like the overview of like all these chairs moving together and, um, yeah, just, I don't know, people are so fascinating to me. And I think collectively, it's even more fascinating because you sort of, there's these instinctual things that um, that we do subconsciously or unconsciously. And so it's almost like part of being human is collective. Like there is an element of being human that is not individual. So that's kind of like a creepy thing to, to realize or can be a little unnerving. It's like, no, no, like we're all individuals. Like we, you know, that's like so important to an artist is the individuality. But then, you know, you saw this need to like fit into these patterns and and make sense of your place in, in them. So anyways. well, it's interesting too, like in a dynamically different culture like China, like China, is that the the things that all people within China, I don't want to say all, but the things that a collective does will be different than the things that a collective does like in the U S so mm -hmm. it's much more obvious to someone like you who's observing those because it's so different than what you're normally experiencing. So that's kind of an interesting contrast. Oh, absolutely. And then it was crazy to see the things that were similar too, but I felt like every day I was just questioning my, my uh, like whole take on life I guess it was like oh wait why do we do that like I guess that's not how you have to do that like I just every day was like turning me upside down and like oh all right <laughs> like it was it was a good experience <laughs> well let's take a step back here because we are kind of taking some steps back into the past because I know Gretchen and I are extremely interested in where this kind of all started because you've really developed a particular visual style and a philosophical idea that you're pursuing and it seems really well thought out and really well developed and very clear now but that's never really the way things are in at first it always kind of you kind of figure your way out to the path that you're going to walk on so I wonder like where did this all begin like where did you kind of first start investigating these ideas yeah okay so um and you're right it is it's just a continual building process <laughs> um, and exploration um but I would say the first um kind of really solid fully realized body of work that I did would, would have been in graduate school I was studying painting at uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, and that would have been around like 2006, 2007. But at the same time, I was um, playing uh, bass in a blues band, and I'd always kind of like to play bass, but when I moved here, it was like gigs, like five nights a week. It was, you know, it was like, oh, cool. Like, I can make some money. <laughs> and um, but right. it was very consistent and like a grind. And we were playing, I don't know how long you've been here, but... um. 
I was playing a place in City Market called Savannah Blues. It was a blues bar located downstairs. And I was playing with Hitman, this blues guitarist. He still plays around. And um, we were playing the same room five nights a week. And I just loved how I could be on stage just observing the people interacting and moving in and out of the space all night. And just, they didn't realize, you know, I, I felt like I was just like cataloging like um, human socialization in this weird like uh-huh. You're not and- supposed to see everybody because the lights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Only we're watching you. <laughs> yeah, all night. yeah. So, I mean, it would be different people, but the interactions would be the same, you know, you, you know, stereotypes and it was, it was cool. And, um, and every night of the week was a little, you know, there were consistencies and similarities. Anyways, I just, I found that super fascinating. And so I started doing large uh, charcoal drawings, um, but I was really interested in people a little more literally at that point. So there were a lot of people in these bars, um, but they were all black and white, very smoky. Um, The people were kind of gestural. So it was like they were moving in and out of the space, moving in and out of the smoke. But, um, you know, I was really concerned with their interactions and, um, so I was working on those for a while. And then I had a professor suggest like, Ooh, maybe you should do a drawing without any people in it. Like after everyone's left. And I was like, ah, oh, it sounds so boring. Like, I don't want to like not put people in my <laughs> drawing. <laughs> <laughs> like That's the fun part. And then I took it out and I, I tried it and it was just like, Whoa, like it, the space was completely different, but there was still like this energy in it. And so it was like, I realized there was a story left over from the way the chairs were arranged and, you know, like the light and, you know, it, you know, all the stuff, whatever the scraps and beer cans, everything left around. So I thought that was cool. And then I, it just kind of kept transitioning and I kept kind of eliminating things. I was like, well, what if the bar is like cleaned out? And it's like, when you get there and you're opening it and it feels kind of, like it's four in the afternoon you shouldn't be down in this bar yet you know Um, Uh but it's like clean so I tried that and that was kind of cool and then I just kept eliminating stuff and I was doing this residency in um it was like so right then I graduated continued working on my work and anyways I just uh yeah I was at a residency in Vermont at the Vermont Studio Center and I just did this piece that was just doorways with stairs going out glowing and then like nothing in the room. And I was like, I, and I thought I was still thinking of them as bars. And one of the other artists came in and was looking and they're like, what is going on here? I was like, well, it's like a bar, but it's clean out there. They were like, I don't know what this room is, but it is not, it's not a bar. <laughs> like this doesn't look like a bar. Like, oh yeah, no, I don't know what this is. <laughs> Good point. And so I think that's when I transitioned and got super interested in, um, the uniformity and the so the furniture the chairs um that i do they came from those like weird simple bar chairs but i just kind of kept forming them um initially and this is an important point I, initially i was drawing from photographs a lot and then i transitioned to just doing them out of my head and i think that allowed me to to just dial in the imagery and get away from the literal aspect of it so that moved into a series called psychological interiors. And I was really thinking about more deep 
social interactions and little groups and, you know, just uh, looking at humans, psychology and social interactions without putting the humans in the pieces. Yeah. And those spaces are really ambiguous too. Like in that series, like they're, like you said, they're not a bar, they're not a plate. Like the, the ambiguity is there even in those early works. Yeah. Yeah. And the, some of the consistencies, like the light was still very important, but there aren't any windows in those works. It's all artificial light and they feel very like underground still, I think. And I think they do. Yes, for sure. Yeah. There's a certain cement block, like basement feel to them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting too, because I look at these and it feels very relevant to today because the tables are all spaced out in such a kind of social distant manner. Um, It's cavernous. It feels empty. It doesn't have that life that you would kind of expect from a place that would have tables and chairs like this. It's such a good point. The social distancing of the tables. Like I didn't even think of it, but you're absolutely right. That almost feels like, that's what I was kind of saying. It almost feels like you were projecting into the future or something. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really. Particularly I'm looking at this one piece anticipation and like the, the tables, I think this is what probably Gretchen is referring to. Um, This piece is from 2010, but like the tables are, very socially distanced. Like it would be like exactly as you would expect today, which is so strange mm-hmm. and That's fascinating. Like a contrast from the earlier work of the, the bars where even in the images where there's no one in it, you can still feel this sort of buzz of vibrancy that's going to happen. Right. Um, and it's still captured there, but then you, you, you kind of move forward into the setting where you, there's this, this loneliness and and it's it's there it feels weighty yeah yeah wow yeah that is kind of unnerving to like think about the whole question like oh, to go to bars <laughs> oh yeah that is interesting though I'm so glad that you brought up the 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 that this kind of sort of sprung from performing and observing people and seeing the tables and chairs and everything lined up because when I was sort of first looking at your work, it did remind me, especially when all of the chairs are all in a line and they're all really neatly organized. It really reminds me of like the chairs that are set up before an event. Like, a, like, a, like if there's, um, you know what actually reminded me of? There's one piece where you've got a, there's um, like a lectern and then you have your, your miniature chairs and they're all, it reminded me for some reason, made me think of like when they're, showing the video at the presidential inauguration while they're setting up and you can see like all of the chairs and there's like the raised dais and everything like that. It made me think like so much of that, like every big event I've seen before, as they always show the pictures of like what it's going to look like, you know? So really interesting. Yeah, I love those pictures. <laughs> I'm always like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so boring. That's what you thought like, back then. It's so funny, right? Like, and actually these are probably so much, and I would, I love those bar scenes, but I think that the new stuff, which actually, like as Gretchen said, has much more ambiguity, has a lot less in it, like actual items in it, but it feels a lot more powerful. Like there's something about, there's power in, like you said, you, you took away pieces over time, like eliminated, eliminated, eliminated until you're getting to just like the core essence of what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what I felt like, like the more 
you know, even like when I very first started at SCAD, I was trying to paint in full color and it just felt so awful and wrong to me to like, like it just was not working. And that was like another thing I eliminated. Um, and yeah, it just, it's like, it's right. It's like, let's move all the filler and get to like the core of what, what all this is about. And some of them, um, there's some drawings that I did in China on rice paper and they're just chairs on white um, background. And that was kind of like, how far can I push? Mm. You know, are these going to work without anything in them, but chairs, you know? So I did those for a little bit and that's what led to the installations because they took so long to draw every little chair. It's like, okay, I like the compositions. <laughs> that's the fun part, but like, this is taking way too long. So what if I just had chairs and I can just like make them? So. <laughs> That's yeah. nice. Yeah. I love the photographs too. And like the repositioning of those small chairs and like where you're putting them and contextualizing them because it is, it's really disorienting too, because as you mentioned, the chairs are seven inches tall. So, but like, they don't look seven inches, like in the context of your photographs, they look like normal size chairs. And so when they're placed in particular locations and set up in the installation that you take photographs of, like it's kind of one of those things where you're looking at it and you're like, something feels a little off, but you can't really quite grasp what is off. It's like this disquieting feel, which I think kind of permeates a lot of your work. And I think that that's really fascinating, like what you're doing with the photographs as well. That's Yeah, that's, and I haven't really quite, I've shown them a little bit, but I'm not a photographer per se, you know, like, so if, like when I get a really nice photo, I feel like it's, I'm just, it's lucky. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But um, there, but yeah, I there's a few of them that I really like, and they're really big in person. They're I'm looking at one in my studio right now, so I'm like looking over here. But um, they're um, you know, three by five feet that I had them printed out really big, and so they look really cool in person. Oh yeah, wow, I'm seeing that. Wow, yeah, those are those are huge. Um, oh, that's really cool. Look, I want to ask you about the showing the works because you mentioned you just mentioned you haven't really shown these that much, and and one of the things, and like, so I think one of you know, I, I feel like as an artist in this town and then somebody, you know, I've been doing this radio show for three and a half or almost four years. I've been writing for the paper now for a couple of years. I feel pretty plugged in, but I haven't seen your work a lot. And one of the reasons for that is that these solo exhibitions you've done have not been in Savannah. I mean, you have this exhibition right now in Hilton Head. If you're looking at, you know, your CV, you've got Atlanta and Raleigh and DC, I mentioned, of course, that you had the exhibition there. Let's talk a little bit about the Savannah art scene because I'm, I want to see this stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, so like, what, what is, what is, what is it that's drawing your work to other places? And, and I don't know, sort of, what are your feelings? I mean, you're obviously performing as a musician in Savannah all the time, but like as a visual artist, like, what are, what is sort of your feelings about the local art scene and like, and how your work has been perceived by the local artist community, would you say? Yeah, um, I, I think, well, I've seen a really nice, really positive shift in like the past five or so years in the art scene in Savannah, where um, certain like, I guess, startup type galleries like um, have really stuck and been do like, having longevity like sulfur studios mm -hmm. they first started you know it was it was very small and there had been a couple of other you know galleries in that area that kind of stuck and or like kind of started but never stuck and 
Um, and so they've really like watching them grow and, and get some solid footing has been really cool. Um, and then Lainey Contemporary has a beautiful space. Incredible. Yeah. yeah she's awesome. Um, I'm hoping we're, we've been talking and we're hoping something's going to happen, you know, at some point in the future. Uh, Susan is so, so smart. And so she's such a good curator. I mean, her stuff is. Yeah. It's and that in- building seems like it would fit perfectly into one. Of I totally places. agree. I <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's, um, she's very cool. And she shows amazing artists. I, I mm-hmm. always put up there. So um, I think it's a matter of, you know, there's a lot of, she has a lot of artists, you know, that she's, mm-hmm. um, that she's navigating. And I've done a couple things um, with SCAD, um, you know, the SCAD museum, and then a couple of the other galleries. And those are um, more, you know, kind of curated alumni, alumni shows. Um, but what I look for, I think, you know, you finish, or at least my mentality when I finished school and was like, okay, I'm, how am I going to start my art career? I put a lot of emphasis on, breadth you know and just kind of getting out um and building my re- a resume that looked you know not not too localized I guess right um, just to kind of dig in and see feel out different scenes and see what was going to work for my work but the way I choose shows is honestly uh, like I just want to my work is so subtle um if it's not in the right space it just doesn't work <laughs> so I almost will choose what shows I apply to or pursue by like, if the space looks cool to me. And then if there's, you know, uh, if it looks like there's going to be a, a response. Um, yeah, I've been showing with a gallery in New Orleans recently that's been cool. And the you don't think of my work as like really New Orleans <laughs> work, you know? But Yeah, well, very much a contrast almost to New Orleans. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> I think I, if, you, Honestly, if you put the cemeteries in perspective, I think it would work. <laughs> yeah, I love the cemeteries in New Orleans. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think... Um, Are you talking about the Jonathan Ferreira Gallery? Is that the one you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's a cool one. Um, and everything just got it so messed up with COVID, but I am still scheduled to do a show there, but it's been pushed back till I think next summer. But yeah, it's cool. I think it's good to to get your work out there, but I think it's good to not like neglect the local scene too, because, and especially as a musician, like, you know, you can't be always trying to play New York or whatever. You've got to make where you are a scene. Um, and that makes your little pocket of the world like that much healthier and more vibrant. And so lately, you know, after, and my husband's a musician as well, but that's something we've like talked about a lot because we've spent time in China and we spent time kind of trying to get out and like, okay, what's next? What's next? And lately we've just been like, whoa, there's some cool stuff going on here. Like let's focus locally, you know? And like, mm-hmm. how cool is it that we're playing jazz five nights a week, like jazz, <laughs> you know, like not everyone is doing that. Like it's, it's pretty special to live in a place where we can do that. And, and there's other good musicians that can do that. So same thing with the art scene. Yeah. And people, people have been asking like, when are you going to show <laughs> in Savannah? So <laughs> it will happen. Well, fingers crossed for something to happen at, at Laney Contemporary. I think that'd be a perfect spot for you. I have no pull with Susan Laney, but she is my friend. So maybe, you know, I, if you're out there listening, Susan. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, look, Maggie, let's let's um, let's go ahead and and round off this interview here. If people are interested in learning more about you and your work, what everything that you're up to, what is the best way? Where is the best places for people to find you and what you're up to? I would say for like up to date, like relevant stuff um, happening. Uh, my Instagram is Maggie Evans Art, not plural. And then um, on Facebook, it's just Maggie Evans. <laughs> I post more gig posts on Facebook and more art posts on Instagram. So I kind of, you know, slip into my Gemini. Uh, <laughs> 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 I have to like compartmentalize a little bit. Um, but for like a collective look at everything, my website is MaggieEvansArts.com. And that <laughs> one is plural. And you can see all my past work, uh, artist statements, um, some video recordings of my playing and stuff like that on there. Yeah. And I, I love the website and I encourage folks if, if they're listening and interested to head into the website, cause you can really kind of get into the world almost that we've been describing. I feel like it's very conclusive. Like you could go in there and really experience like all the things that you're doing and talking about. So it's really interesting. Well, Maggie, we really, really appreciate you coming on the show today and we wish you the best of luck with your show up in Hilton head. And, um, yeah. and we appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Rob and Gretchen. It was really fun to chat with you. <laughs> thank you. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.